Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. We know this is just gonna be an amazing 21 days and I wanna encourage you, remember, there's so much information on fasting uh, out there now. I have, a, I have a book on it. I think I still believe most of what I wrote in that book. No, I'm just kidding. I got a book on it, but you, 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 you know, you, you could Google, I mean, juicing is, I mean, it's everywhere. And so people kind of look at this season. Some people do what's called a Daniel fast. We get that from the book of Daniel where it says for 21 days, he ate no meats um, uh, and no wine and no food that was like pleasant, no pleasant foods, uh, it says. And so a lot of people like, do vegan or whatever. Some people, you know, they, I mean, they fast by drinking water. You know, they'll pick a couple of days a week and, and just do water. A lot of people do a juice or a combination thereof. Um, so just find your zone and be a part of it because it's during this season in our church, every single year, we see more miracles. We see more, I mean, powerful God miracles in so many areas. And so uh, you wanna be a part of that. And not only that, but I believe this year specifically that as a church, as we corporately pray and fast and believe God to move in our city and in our region and to, and to move in our neighborhoods, there's power uh, in agreement when God's people come in and we say, no, we're believing that the kingdom of God come yeah, here in Northeast Florida. And we want his realm and his kingdom to come in and to influence either, and even overtake uh, the, the, we want the supernatural to overtake the natural. And so I'm gonna give you a few scriptures here and just kind of cover some of these basics of fasting. And so y'all know how I preach now. I got a whole bunch of scriptures but they only give me 35 minutes. And so with two minutes left, the worship team comes up and drowns me out. And that's kind of how, how we roll now, right? Awesome. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. This is Jesus. This is red letter. Politely elbow someone next to you and say, this is red letter. This is Jesus, look what he says. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. There's so many promises like these that we see in scripture where God is being very, very clear. If you ask, I'll give it to you. If you seek, you'll find it. If you knock, I'll open the door. If God is so clear on these promises, then why are there so many times, maybe when we do ask or we do seek or we do knock and we feel like that the door wasn't open or we didn't find, or we didn't receive? We're gonna to get to that answer in just a moment. 
Matthew 5, 6, Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Father, I pray over these next 30 minutes or so, Lord, give us as your people a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Lord, I pray that the things of the world, the things that we're partaking of that are bringing uh, corruption and, 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 and bringing uh, uh, despair and, and depression into our lives, Lord, I pray that those things would begin to taste like sand. Lord, it's, it, we're, we're calling this a season of fasting and prayer, but it's really a, a season of feasting. We're gonna feast on the spiritual. Lord, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from you. Your word gives us sustenance, Lord. Lord, now thank you that the power of the enemy is broken. And Lord, I thank you that your kingdom, your superior realm is gonna come in this season. And it's gonna bring all of the blessings and joy and peace and breakthrough that is in the kingdom. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Matthew 17, 14 through 21. So here's Jesus and he's, this is right after the, uh, the, the uh, Mount of Transfiguration, right? where uh, Peter goes up there and Jesus is transformed into his glory and Moses and Elijah are up there. It's this powerful, powerful scene. So now they're coming down from the mountain and it says, and when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son for he is an epileptic and suffers severely for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought your disciples, uh, brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Now, before we go on, it is interesting to point out that not all scholars, uh, but most scholars uh, believe that this Mount of Transfiguration is Mount Hermon. And there's a lot of history, uh, with Mount Hermon, that was the place where some of the extra biblical text said that way back, uh, you know, way back in, in Genesis, it talks about it in Genesis uh, chapter six, that there was this wave of uh, rebel angels that came down and really defiled uh, mankind. And so that happened at this mountain. And currently at the bottom of Mount Hermon, uh, that's where the, what was called in that known world, the gates of hell. It was the realm of the dead. It was the gateway into the uh, underworld. And at this current time, when Jesus is there, it's a real worship center to Baal and a couple of, uh, of other demons and lesser gods. And uh, so now Jesus is coming down from the mountain. So you would think if he's coming in the, down at the base of the mountain, well, that's, that's where the gates of hell are. I mean, you could go visit it to this day. That's where... Uh, the opening of the realm of the dead. And there's a lot of pagan worship, Baal worship, uh, all that kind of stuff. And so it says that here's this man that comes to Jesus. 
And he has a son who is an epileptic. And so obviously as he would, you know, I guess they'd go by fire, or go by water, and he would, he would have these, these fits and things would go on. And then he would, you know, throw himself into the fire and throw himself into the water. Now, I, I don't know this. Um, we'll never know it, but there is a chance that this man and his son, obviously the region where Jesus and his disciples were, had a whole lot of Baal worship and idol worship. And so you can think about the oppression that would be on the people and the community of this area if that was, well, it was going on. And if this man and his young son, we don't know, you know, were they worshipers too? Were they uh, not of, of Yahweh, but were they worshipers of Baal or were they involved in all the occultism that was going on in this area? We, we don't know that. But we do know in this region, it was very, very oppressed. That's why I believe that Jesus made it a point to go up on top of that mountain when he was there, the mountain where uh, history and legend says these rebel angels came and that was their place of rulership and they oppressed uh, the, the peoples of the earth and the people in this region. I believe that's why Jesus went up on top of that and said, you know what? There's a new ruler of this earth. There's a new ruler of this region. He's literally at the gates of hell. This is the same place where he says, you know, and the, the, you know, on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to withstand the church. So Jesus is making all kind of statements. He's reversing chaos. He's setting things in order. And now he comes down here and he finds uh, this man and his son. And of course, you know, as we all know, most of the pain in our lives has to do with family, right? Has to do with people that we love, um, that, uh, you know, we're suffering. Or maybe there's relational rifts or there's someone in your family that, was supposed to protect and care for you and they ended up hurting you or abusing you. Um, you know, there's things that you, you have regrets. I mean, that's, that's, that, that's family, isn't it? Most of our pain um, and the things that are heavy burdens to us uh, are the things that happen to the ones that we love the most and the ones that are closest to us, amen? So you can imagine this father and here's his, his son that is just in torment. And you can imagine there's this huge multitude. So he brings his son to the disciples and the disciples can't cast out this spirit. Um, and uh, you can imagine the father's uh, pain and just hopelessness and all these different things. So in verse 16, he says, I brought him to your disciples, but they cannot cure him. Look at Jesus' response here, verse 17. Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. You know, I, was, I see a lot of Christian bumper stickers when I drive around. And I was thinking about this scripture right here. We could say, Jesus said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? 
That was a joke. Y'all are supposed to laugh. Some of you are like, can I buy one? No, I'm kidding. It's not good to say things like that out of context. And put it on your car. That's a... <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you put any Jesus thing on your car, one of those fish deals or anything else, all I better say is you better drive the speed limit. You better be nice. You better be, you better be nice. You better let me in front of you. I'm not putting any of those things on my car. Uh-uh, man. My car's not saved, I'm saved. I don't, need, I don't need to bring my car. My driving's not saved, I'm saved. And those speed limits, I mean, they're confusing, aren't they? Are they like, is it really an absolute, like, is it a law, is it a recommendation? Is it a guide? So he says, and so look, he says, and Jesus rebuked the demon, verse 18. They brought him to Jesus. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. And if you unpack that word a little bit more, it, it really means because of your unfaithfulness. So it has really to do with faithfulness. He said, because of your unbelief. Now look what he says. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain. Now, you know, if, you, if you've been coming to celebration for a while, you know that we talk about things like this all, all the time. The word mountain in scripture, when it's used as a metaphor, it's always re referring to the concept of government, okay? Mountains, that's or the El Shaddai, the, the sheen right here, the Hebrew letter that's on our tithes and offering boxes. The El Shaddai, the sheen, that's one of the, it's so deep, it stands for a, a ton. But one of the things is the most high God, the God of the highest mountain, the God who has the mountain above all other mountains. And of course, in scripture, taking high places, uh, by demons and the lesser gods, you know, that was a big, big deal. They were, the, the, the mountain always represents government. So watch this. He says, look, I say to you, you can, if you have faith, the grains of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. What Jesus is saying is it doesn't matter what type of depression from, the, from Satan and, and, and the, the fallen powers and demons and evil, it doesn't matter what type of oppression is trying to get its grip over you, is trying to govern you, is trying to lay hold of you. If you will have faith, if you'll just be a little bit faithful, if you'll be loyal to me, the time will come when you'll say, to that mountain, to that bondage, move from here to there and nothing will be impossible for you. Do I have some people here today that can, we're gonna take God at his word 
So that's encouraging, isn't it? But it's not the end of the passage. Because come on, when you hear something like that, you know something else is coming. But then Jesus says, but however, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting. I like to say it this way. There are some things in our lives, there are some things in our city, some things in your family, some things in this region, some things in the nation. So there, there are some things and they will, it, it's such a strong uh, worldly demonic governance, whatever you wanna call it behind it. There are some things and they will not change unless there's prayer and fasting. Now, why would that be? Because you, you just, all those scriptures are, uh, I read you there. You know, ask, gonna be given to you. Seek and you'll find, not gonna be open. Bless those who are hungry and thirst for righteous, for they shall be filled. Say this mountain, nothing but like God's always, so when we enter into a time of prayer and fasting, that's not to change God's mind, it's to change our mind. It's not to get God in agreement with what we wanna do, it's so we'll get in agreement with what God wants to do. And not only with what God wants to do, but what, what God's already done. So many times, like, like we, wanna, we wanna forget. You know, you come into a new year and we forget and you know, forget the, the, the um, you know, what's behind, forget. And we're gonna put all that behind us and we're gonna forget. But what I've realized is that many times people don't get a breakthrough or there's, there's not real movement in their life, not because they're not able to forget, it's because they're not able to remember. That's why all those commandments, and when, you know, remember, remember it was the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Remember it was the Lord your God who provided for you in the wilderness. Remember it was the Lord your God who made a way for you when it, there was no other way. Remember, it was the Lord your God that found you in a pit, drunk on drugs, crazy, and he lifted you out of that pit. He didn't, he didn't you, you got no condemnation. All you got was love, all you got was grace. That job you're complaining about now, remember, it was the Lord your God. He gave you that job. It's not to say you can't believe for another one and get a new job, but let's not forget who God is and what he's done. I'm, I'm convinced, I'm totally convinced. That's why it's remember the Sabbath. It doesn't say remember, uh, Remember, don't murder. <laughs> well, thanks God, I was just about to pull the trigger. And you know what? Remember, don't murder. Remember, don't commit adultery. <sighs> Boy, I'm glad that one came to me too. I mean, I met this other woman, we were about to go off on a long trip. <sighs> I remembered I was married and I remember not to commit adultery. 
Why is it that it's the Sabbath? It's the only one that says, remember the Sabbath. He says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy because it was the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, who delivered you. It was the Lord your God who delivered you and brought you out. It's the story of deliverance and God's faithfulness. And the enemy knows if we don't practice communion, do this in remembrance of me. Letters to Revelation. Remember where you've fallen. You're going through a, a, a challenge in your marriage right now. Remember how God put you together. It's like this, when we get, we, 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 we get to these places and it's like God gives us promises. He sets a path before us. He never shows us the end. It's gonna be full of trials and challenges because we live in a world that is not where we're from. We're exiles. If you're saved, you don't belong here. We're in the world, but we're not of this world. We're part of another kingdom. And the kingdom that we're a part of, while we're on this earth, there's training that we have to go through. I call it training for reigning because we don't have a destiny on this earth. We have assignments on this earth, but our destiny is in the age to come to rule and reign with Jesus our Messiah. So we have to learn how to fight. We have to learn how to overcome. In the new, in the new heavens and the new earth, it'll repopulate billions. God's gonna have all the numbers in the end, but we're his family. We're like his A-team in this dispensation of time. He wants a family to share his rule with throughout all eternity for the generations of whatever happens in the new Eden and the heaven and earth and eternity. Okay, am I getting off? Let's go back to. I'm helping us understand the big picture. So when you are in the fight of your life or you are in pain that you can barely endure, that you can suffer well, that you can suffer for righteousness because in this world, we're gonna have tribulation, yeah? But in Jesus, we can have peace and we can overcome and we can have hope. I'm so hopeful, man. I know the world is crazy. I don't hardly turn on the TV anymore. We're always, we're going to war, about to go to war whatever, and then you, the commercial comes on, oh, get ready, get ready while you fast. I used to tell people don't watch any TV while they fast, no, just watch a little. So you can see these commercials. I mean, the food, the, like, like we think about food, everything's food, 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 food. Taste this, taste that, it's this burger. It, no, it's this chicken. No, it's this restaurant. 
Are you only eating one burger? We're gonna give you two for one. You eating two burgers? We're gonna give you four for two. You eating four burgers? We're gonna give you eight for four with some fries. Oh, you like cheese on pizza? We're gonna give you double cheese. Oh, that ain't enough? We're gonna take the crust and we're gonna stuff that with cheese. Oh, you want to be happy? Well, are you, are you just a little sluggish? Are you not a little depressed? Are you not really fulfilled in your life? <laughs> you must not be drinking Pepsi. <laughs> Have y'all seen these Pepsi commercials? It's Pepsi. We drink Pepsi. Like all these beautiful people, fit people, happy people. Doesn't matter what's going on in the world. We're going to dance the night away with Pepsi. Here's what I know. You know, I have my days back in the club too. The only thing that makes you act like that, it ain't Pepsi. It's crack or meth or Coke. Oh, you're drinking Pepsi and you're not happy. You don't have the right car. That's it. It's your car. Don't you know that you can come in your, to your destiny when you're driving a Lincoln? Because my name's Matthew McConaughey. Let's get existential and drive a Lincoln. You can be cool like me. What's the car? Or no, it's your clothes, that's it. No, or it's the, are you following what I'm saying? It is non-stop that message from the world that you can't be happy unless you have this and oh, when you get that, well, then you can't have, be happy until you get this or look like this or fit in with this friend group or what, whatever it is. Here's, here's what I'm trying to say. We are bombarded daily with food, with opportunities for pleasure. We're, listen, listen, we're distracted And if we're not careful, if we allowed our, just what Jesus talked about when he said, he says, beware. He actually uses that word surfeiting. You know what it means? Overeating. He says, beware. Unless the cares of this life, overeating and drinking and just kind of laying around, be careful and watch and pray because that day is coming and it's gonna come upon the earth like a trap, like a snare. And as the people of God, watch, as the people of God, man, we have hope. It doesn't matter what happens to this economy. We're on his economy. 
The Lord, the Lord, we, man, we have hope, man. We know whose kingdom is gonna reign and rule in the end. It's supposed to come on the world like, like a trap. It's not supposed to come on us like that. We're supposed to be like Joseph and have a, have a, have be, be resourced and able to give and able to provide and, and able to be a light, be able to image something from another kingdom that's not of this world. I'm preaching a totally different message to this service. Then I did the nine. So look at this. Jesus answered faithless and perverse generation. Okay, watch. Jesus, he gives both the diagnosis. He's like a doctor here. He's a great physician. He gives both the diagnosis and the solution, okay? You can't, you can't, you haven't seen this miracle happen. By the way, when the kingdom of God comes, when that realm, super, the, the superior realm of the kingdom imposes itself upon the earth, upon this inferior realm, then the values and the life and the blessings of the kingdom are what operate because it's a superior realm. So what happens is when the kingdom shows up, in the kingdom, the power of God shows up, healings happen, restoration happens, all kind of just miracles happen. We call it a miracle. It was just the kingdom showing up. It's just the supernatural becoming natural. We belong to the other realm. Yeah? We're in this world, we're not of it. We're of that world. That's what happened when you got born again. And if you, if you haven't been, you know what scripture calls born again, well then, if, if, if you're ready to be loyal to Jesus, you need to, you need to surrender before you leave. And what'll happen is this other realm, the King, the Holy Spirit, it will supernaturally impose itself and come on the inside of you, you have to ask. Ask and you'll receive. You have to ask. You have to want it. You have to invite God into your life. But he'll do that and he will birth in you a brand new spirit that's of the same substance as his spirit. He's joined the Lord as one spirit with him. And now on the inside of you, as the Bible says, uh, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Guess what? Now on the inside of you, you're carrying this other realm, the kingdom, the power of God, the Holy Spirit, wherever you go, you're a mobile temple. So just like in the, you know, before Jesus, people had to go to the temple. That was the sacred space where they could in, encounter Yahweh. Now we're the temple. We're the sacred space. You see what I'm saying? So the Lord says, don't make any graven image of me. Why? You're the image. You're the idol. You're a living idol. And we image our heavenly father. It's a, it's, it's, we represent him wherever we go. I wanna tell you that because I, 
I sense this stirring. In fact, I'm gonna prophetically say it right now. That in this 21 days of prayer and fasting, you're gonna become aware, you're gonna not be distracted anymore, and when you become more self-aware and you start to see with, with your spiritual eyes, you're gonna find yourself in all kinds of situations they could be the exact same thing, this meeting, that, what, that happened last year, but last year you weren't aware, you were distracted. This year you're gonna be aware and the Lord is gonna use you to bring the kingdom to your house, your neighborhood, your business, your school, the marketplace. The Lord wants to do something in this service. I'm gonna finish this in just a second. Can I ask you something? What do you think? So I'm a, a, a pastor, right? But I'm really a priest just like you. We're part of the priesthood of the believer, right? So let's just say me. We'll, just, we'll talk about me. I'll be here my value to this community, my, like my, my, my value, like all of you, some of you, like whatever profession you're in and, and what you do, you, you bring huge value to the community. So then as a, as a pastor, okay, so obviously my value to the community is, is, all of the outreaches, we're, we're alleviating suffering through our church. And of course, we're bringing people to Jesus. Uh, people are receiving the gospel. That's the ministry through the, the family of God here, right? So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what is my value? Let's take a group of, let's just say some, whether they were political leaders or big business finance guys or whoever. And none of them know God. None of them could care less about God. They don't serve the Lord, but they're part of this community or this region. What's my, what's my value to them? What, am I gonna teach them leadership? And they can get that from all those great leadership guys out there. They know better leadership than I do. I can, I can be kind to them. My value to those precious people in the community is hopefully because I'm a man of God and I can hear from God if they come up against something. It might not be what they want to hear but they know a guy or a girl or a group of people that will tell them the truth and they have access to this other realm. And we've heard about miracles happening. We've heard about, you, that's what happened to Daniel when he was in Babylon. This is what I'm trying to say, church. I believe the day's coming. All of us are kingdom of priests. We all have our vocations and the things we do but don't ever forget, remember the Lord your God and you are an agent of his and 
He in you, all things are, don't be afraid to step out this year and bring the supernatural voice of God into a situation Y'all are like, can you come do it for me? Nope. Okay, I'm, I'm closing. Watch this. Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? Here's what Jesus says. Here's why you couldn't cast it out. He says unbelief, okay, which is not faith. Let me unpack that real quick. Faithless and perverse. You're faithless. You're not connected enough to God. You're not, you're, not, you're not tapped in. You're not, whatever you wanna call it. You're not spiritually minded enough yet. What, what, uh, faithless, you know, there's not this loyal faith there. You're not close enough to God. And then watch this. And then you're also perverse. So you're not connected enough to God, but perverse. You're too connected to the world. So what does Jesus say? So how do we, what does prayer do? Prayer connects us back to God. What does fasting do? Fasting disconnects us from the world. It's, it's a double-edged sword. That's why it's prayer and fasting. So here's what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about agreement. He's basically saying, because you're not, you're not in enough agreement with God, you're too worldly, you're too carnal, and and you've been distracted, so you haven't, you're, you're, you haven't been seeking God, so there's, there's, there's this, uh, st- you're, you're in this place of compromised and distraction it has nothing to do with God loves you and you're forgiven and He can still use you to do a lot of things. But when we're talking about this type of supernatural miracle, which should be the norm for every believer, This kind only changes, this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. You gotta get in agreement with God. Then you'll be in alignment. Then you'll have your assignment through prayer. I can't wait all the Wednesdays. We have the the whole story. Go on version. Go to plan, search the whole story. That's our story. We have fasting resources, our story. That's our Bible reading plan. That's our scripture engagement plan. We gotta get connected to God. We've gotta become undistracted. And through fasting, we're gonna disconnect from the world. For your spiritual senses to come alive to the superior realm, to the supernatural, to the heavenly, there are seasons where you gotta let your, put your natural senses, you gotta subdue those. You've gotta, Feed yourself spiritually. Then you know what? Then the opposite's gonna happen. You're gonna get connected back to God in a deeper way. You're gonna get disconnected from the world. Watch. Now, now, now you're in agreement. Watch this. And just think if thousands of other believers are in agreement with you too. Now guess what? What you asked for is what God's already provided. Ask and you'll receive. You, the reason you don't receive is because you're asking the wrong things. You're asking, some of you are asking the wrong questions. You were asking amiss. 
You get in agreement with God, man, what order restores, blessing is released. I'm telling you, in 2020, the heavens are open. It is raining the power of God, the presence of God, the superior realm is here. And if we'll get in agreement, ask, you'll receive. Seek, you'll find it. Knock, the door will be open to you. And get, get all this stuff out of your head. Get it into your heart, get it where you do it. If you want something, like if you really need something, let's say it's at a store or whatever. If you really need something, do you just go to one store? Oh, y'all, oh, y'all don't have it, okay. I give up. No, what do you do? Okay, I'm going, I'm gonna knock on this door. I'm gonna knock on this door. I'm gonna knock on this door. And then you get a bunch of friends. Listen, we've got to find this thing. It is crucial for my health or my sanity or what. Will you knock on some doors with me? Will you look at other places with me? Because we're gonna have to ask and we're gonna have to seek and we're gonna have to knock. And if we keep knocking and if we keep seeking and if we keep asking, doors are gonna be open. See, you're knocking on some doors. Those might not be the right doors. So you gotta keep knocking and let God open that door for you. I wish I had some people in here that were ready to go to the next level in their spiritual life. I wish I had some people that were ready for the joy of the Lord to come upon them, to rise above what this inferior world has to offer. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.